But anyway, I'm back this morning. How long is this going to be? Like eight or nine, 24 different topics in it. She's like, no. But I want to talk in this, in um, the kind of the overarching theme. It doesn't have to have a title. It's not about titles. The, the theme of the the purpose of. I want to talk about what the purpose of some of these things that impact us in our Christian life are, some of these things that, that we do and we dwell upon as Christians. And so I want to look at the purpose of in this series. And as Christians, without a doubt, a big thing we, we think about is heaven. I don't know if that's what you think of, but as Christians, we spend a lot of time thinking about heaven, and rightfully so. I think most of us in this room could say we're Christians, at least in some way, in some of it, because of heaven. We know that Jesus came and sacrificed his life. Why? So we can have eternal life with him and his Father in heaven. It's a good reason to be a Christian, isn't it? A good reason to, to dwell upon and to think there's more to this life and there's a it's pretty amazing, and it's rightfully so. Philippians 3.20, as Christians, Paul would say, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, right? That's why we are here on earth, not because we're citizens of Wyoming or wherever, but because we're citizens of heaven eagerly awaiting the Savior's return. But yet at the same time we know we're waiting for heaven and that we're Christians, we also have this question of what are we saved from? As Christians, we know we're also saved from sin, right? Sin equals death and damnation at the end of time. And Romans 3.23, again, the words of Paul, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when it comes to eternity, we know that we're saved from sin and damnation, and instead we are given glory and heaven. And it's a good thing to think about. It's a great thing to think about. So all of us are in salvation. All of us have sinned, and we all want to go to heaven. That's pretty summed up, isn't it? Because we know the, for the way of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Just a few chapters after what Paul just said in Romans. We know that we have eternal life instead of death. That's what being a Christian is all about. But what about the other side of that? If there's heaven, if there's an eternity with God, there's a hell. We know that. There's an eternity of damnation with the devil. If there's one, there needs to be the other. If the wages of sin are death, we have to know what that death leads us to. So today, um, it's, it's a bold one, but I want to talk about the purpose of hell. Because hell has a purpose. 
and uh, it's scary. And we don't want to talk about it because we are really happy to think about heaven. Because that's why I'm a Christian. But I'm also a Christian because of hell. And I bet you guys are as well. So let's go ahead and start by looking at hell in the verse of I had Larry read it as our opening scripture, Matthew 25, 41 through 46. And uh, he read it out of the New Living Translation, which was excellent, by the way. Um, I'm going to be reading it out of the English Standard Version because that's my daily driver. That's what I use all the time. So let's read and listen to it again. Matthew 25, 41 through 46. Jot it down, flip your page, and listen. Matthew 25, 41. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not welcome me. In prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also say, Lord, when did we be hungry or thirsty or a stranger? minister to you. Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you, did, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus did such a fantastic job here, of course. He's God on earth. He did such a fantastic job of, of talking about difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. And man, did he make it practical. <laughs> he said, did you care for those who are in need and outcast and hurting? Because if you did, it was like you were doing it for me. But if you did not, you're not righteous. If you did not, you're doing my work. And so he phrased it in a really practical way to understand either the righteous or those who are cast to eternal punishment. Heaven, right? But not only did he give a description, a description of what it looks like here on earth, but he gave a description of why hell. That's where he started with, right? As a modern why did you make hell? Why is there hell, right? I think a, a question that a lot of us Christians struggle with, and it's rooted in an immaturity of ourselves, but how could a loving God make such a terrible place? We think that to ourselves. How could a loving God make such a terrible place? Uh, Matthew 21, 25, verse 41. He said, depart from me to those on his left. He said, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wait a minute. God created hell, but he didn't create it for us. You read that one verse right there. From Jesus said, created for who? The devil and his angels. So Jesus does a fantastic job of talking about heaven and hell in multiple ways because he right from the gate says hell it's prepared for the devil and his angels and sometimes i don't think we give the recognition to who created for us. 
Sometimes we worry about, am I going to go to heaven or hell? And that's a great worry. We don't talk about how God created hell for Satan and his angels. Because that is super, super important. It wasn't made for us. It was made for the devil. To deserve a place of eternal damnation. Say here in Matthew 25. What did he do? And I'm going to tell you, I don't know exactly. <laughs> and I studied the scripture a lot. This the scripture will tell you that. So if you want a black and white answer, you're not going to find it. But we do have some stories and some pieces of information. Ezekiel 28, if you want to turn there, Old Testament. Ezekiel 28, um, 11 through 19. Gives us a little bit of background on, on Satan and why he might be cast into eternal punishment. If you want to read it with me again, Ezekiel 11, or Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Over the tire and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You are the signet of perfection. Full of wisdom, Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, has diamond, buell, onyx, jasper, emerald, and carbuncle. <laughs> and carved in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared, and you were anointed a guardian. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you created. Unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst. And you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian Arab. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor, and I cast you down. I exposed you before kings and their eyes upon you. By the multitude of your iniquities in the unrighteous of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst, and it consumed you. And I turned you to the ashes of the earth, and in the sight of all who saw you, all who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You've come to a dreadful end. No more forever. Now, in this verse, uh, we have a, a title or a name given called the King of Tyre. And again, you can't, I don't have a black and white answer for you on this is for sure talking about Satan, the devil, the king of darkness. I don't know. But it would make sense. One thing, some things we do know about Satan is that he indeed was there in the garden. He took the form and created the deception that brought the first thing to man. Isaiah 4.12, I'm using the King James for this verse and this verse only just because it says Lucifer and it makes it a little easier for us to understand. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which disweaken the nations? 
Again, if this is talking about Satan, devil, makes sense. It sure makes sense that he is cast down from heaven from his evil doing. His pride, right? And then perfectly on Wednesday, we read in our Luke class, chapter 10, um, <laughs> Luke chapter 10, saying in verse 18, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Let me make sure I'm not misquoting that. Fall from heaven like lightning. Flip my words I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So do I know for sure these scriptures are about Satan? No, but one thing I think is sure Satan fell. He fell from a, a place of communion, righteousness with God to a place of punishment. And hell was created for him and his angels. And hell was created for him and his angels. It's interesting to think about Satan, and again, we could probably talk about this for more than just a sermon, but think about Satan as we have him recorded throughout Scripture. The one that comes to mind for me is the story of Job. That's kind of the most insight we see into the daily operations of Satan, isn't it? And if you're not familiar with Job, What I want But Job, in the introduction of the book, is regarded as such a He was great among the people. He was great in the eyes of God. He praised God. He had many things in a great farm. Everything was awesome for Job, and he gave God all the credit. But that's only the first couple of lines of the book of Job. Because still in chapter 1, we see Satan come to God and talk to him about Job. Now that kind of blows my mind because if Satan was kicked out of heaven and kicked out of hell, he still has the opportunity to come talk to God? No. Job, he only loves you because life is good. He only so much. If, if you were to take away all of his blessing, he would curse you. I know he would. And God started the conversation. I love that about the story of Job. It starts with God saying, have you considered my servant Job? God said, and then Satan permission and he says, hey, can I, can I take my and torment him, and God says yes. And for the rest of the book of Job, we can see that happening in various ways. But Satan came and talked to God about a man named Job. He talked to him about spiritual warfare. And God set it into motion, and Satan made it happen. And the point of all of that is that Satan is a worker of evil. I think sometimes we, in our cartoons, we make the two humans on the, He's not a human. He's spiritual in some sense, right? He was with God, and he was a spiritual creation like an angel. I don't know if he was an angel, but he was like that. And he still is, but he is for evil. And so being for evil, 
the purpose of hell that was created for him, what does he want to do? that goes with him goes with him. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. Who does Satan want to go with him? Other angels. He's working. He got angels to come with him because hell was created for him and his angels. But do you know who else he wants to come to hell? Everyone. Because if I'm rejected by God, everyone needs to be rejected by God. Satan's goal is not to win because he loves you. Satan's goal is not to No, no. Satan's goal is out of jealousy desires you and God created hell for him and his angels. He desires that we go there with him just like he desired that for Job and just like he desires that for any angel that he could get to follow him. How would he follow him? John 8 verse 44 talking about you are of your father the devil. And your will is to do as your father desires. Okay. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Do you think the point is coming across that Satan is evil? Father of lies, not even there is no truth in him. And he speaks out of his own character. All he is is lies. He's the father of lies. So he has that in his control. He also has his whole earth in his control. just actually read this in our first John series. That we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We're not of this world. Why? Because this world is Satan's. And he lies and he controls and he's got everything here. And that's something to hear. Something to wrap our heads around because that means Satan can control and manipulate anything, even the things that are good. Family, friends, marriages, churches, wealth, blessings. That's good, but it's not exempt from Satan. It's from him using and lying to come to with him. That's scary, but it's true. He wants to take everyone with him, but hell is meant for him. He wants to take everyone with him, but hell is not made for us, so we're not going to go with him. You guys believe that? So how do we not go with him because he has the whole world and he's the best liar there ever has been? How do we tell Satan, hell was not made for me. It was made for you. Go alone. Well, we have to stand strong. 
stand strong like Paul instructed. We have to stand strong like he said in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Right there, he said, Be sober minded, be watchful. Be watchful. Your adversary that prowls around like a lion, lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brother throughout the world. Man, that's a common theme we've been hitting on today, right? The world, some of them may be suffering in the same ways or even more than we are. But what's the point here? We fight like sober-minded, watchful, standing strong, firm in our faith, resisting the devil who's like a lion. Doesn't sound easy, but it sounds determined. We fight like told the church Ephesians chapter 6 a few verses here 10 through 13 he said be strong in the strength of his God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the flesh and blood but against the rulers the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, you stand firm. There's a lot of challenges, a lot of job issues in there. The fight we're fighting with the armor of God is not just one with swords on the battlefield. Oh, it's spiritual in the cosmic places, as Paul would say. The heavenly realm it's that spiritual battle over our soul. But what do we do? We stand strong, we fight, and we say, Tell us James instructs us to fight. James 4 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Stand strong, fight, resist. Also, submit to God. God. And we fight finally Christ. Luke 13.27 Jesus himself said <clears throat> He will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. from all you workers of evil. All you workers of evil. The common, or Jesus has said things like this before. He told one of his right hand to get behind me, Satan. He struck us to say the same thing. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. So stand strong. Fight against Satan. Tell him, get out of here. Hell's not for me. Satan is an accurate thing we should probably be saying more often. I know there is an old lady in Wolf Point, where I grew up, that would say it a lot, and I thought it was weird. But she's right. Because hell, it ain't for us. Hell was made for Satan and his angels, and all he desperately wants to do is to bring someone with him so he's not alone in eternity. But all God desperately wants for us is to sit with him in glory for eternity. 
So don't let Satan trick you with his lies because hell, it isn't for us. Don't let him deceive you. Let him manipulate the world around you so you get discouraged and you go with. So, hell's not for us. There's got to be a challenge. Because if, if you're not sure if you're following if you're letting Satan tell the lies right now, the time to decide is right now. The time to declare hell's not And I've said this before, but if you're deciding right now that time is to follow God, there's a room full of Christians here that'll help you how to do it. You could probably look to someone in your same row and they would probably baptize you right now. If you really need someone official, because everyone here is struggling with the fact that we know hell's not for us, but we do know that heaven is for us. Grab onto heaven. We want you to come along too because we can't wait to see you there. Hell's not for us. Heaven is. And you can win this battle against Satan because it wasn't made for us to be there. But the way you word and Acts two thirty eight says, "Repent and be baptized." Thank you. Kneel at the cross, Christ will meet you there. He intercedes for you. Lift up your voice, leave with him your care, and begin life Those who are